Hi, my name is Deborah Ogden and I would like to welcome you to On Brand With. Through this podcast, I want to bring you into my world of personal brand and impact and hopefully bring it to life through the experiences of me and my guests. Over the coming episodes, I will talk to a range of people I know and admire and ask them about the different ways they use their personal brand, the positive benefits it can bring and what best practice looks like in the real world. Today's podcast is close to home and very close to my heart. My guests... Yes, for the first time, you'll hear three voices in the conversation. My guests are Katie and Oliver Schofield, the couple behind Wired, a small but perfectly formed coffee shop in Honley, West Yorkshire, where I live. But as you'll see from the conversation, it has become so much more than just another coffee shop. Now, I make no secret of my love of coffee and the importance of coffee in my life. But Oliver and Katie's passion, foresight and creativity have seen them adapt over the months of the pandemic, providing a true sense of community, keeping local residents, including the Ogden family, topped up with cake, coffee and in my book, most importantly, a good dose of connection. Their passion comes through in the conversation when we talk about how they've managed to bring to life this often quoted dream business. We talk about their background and their journey so far. So I was absolutely thrilled to be able to open the conversation by congratulating them for next week when they will have been open for two years. Oh, the first of December, isn't it? Yeah, yeah first until, of December. So when this goes out, 60%. it will be uh, yeah. your two-year anniversary. Sixty <laughs> percent, so. not, not pandemic. Forty <laughs> percent in trading in a, in a pandemic. Really? I think wow. I worked it out last night. About thirty-eight percent trading in a pandemic. Another uh, sixty-two good normal. Well, that's really why I wanted to talk to you both because you have epitomised the pandemic in a positive way for me so in a way you set up in the village and we can talk about that we can go back a little bit in a minute but um, you set up in the village and you created this great sense of community already and you did a wonderful thing when you set up Wired that you actually created noise about the place before you were even open so people were talking about you on social media and I just wondered if that was a deliberate Tack, whether that was something you'd always wanted to do. Yeah, I think because we obviously we had the previous business, a wedding cake business beforehand, and we learnt that the best way to get your work via that is social media interaction and just get people talking. And we learnt that uh, obviously in this current climate, the best way is just to, if you put it on social media, you do and you do it right, you get the sort of the the work from it. And we walked till so. We saw a business, I can't remember what business it was, but we always laughed when we had a wedding cake place in Demidale and he says, I'm opening a new business. And we're like, oh, I've not seen you advertise it or tell anyone. I go, no, I want it to be like a hidden gem. 
and he literally had his launch party and nobody were there. So I said, yeah, it's uh, the secret that you wanted it to be. So yeah. but we've always believed the opposite. If you want people to come, you've got to just go and shout about it and tell everyone what and sort of, but sort of not say what's coming, just put little snippets on like coming to Honley and yeah. things yeah. like that. Well, I, I feel a bit like that's about you though. I, w- I was reluctant to do this today because you're this fabulous gem you're not hidden but I don't want to share you because yeah. I want you to keep I want to keep you for for me but the thing that you've done over lockdown is you've not just served your fabulous coffee and cake but you've virtually become a, a lifeline I would have thought for some people because there have been times certainly in the first lockdown when we weren't allowed to go anywhere and you stayed open and served takeaway at the front door. And it became, there were people queuing down the street. Did you expect that? No, we knew when we shut, we obviously we got shut down on the, uh, I think it was the last Friday in March. And then we just sort of thought, well, what are we are going to do now? We don't know what to do regarding the shop. First thing we actually thought is let's do that when we do the online coffee shop, just so we could talk to the customers, keep them still, keep them interested, but also... Some of them, like you say, come just uh, on their own, just to catch up and meet people. So we thought if we can keep them talking, it's keeping them happy and uh, keeping them in a good state of mind. And then when when we thought we were allowed to open, we thought right, we'll just we'll just offer coffee and cake to go and just see what happens, not expecting many people to, to sneak people out. People had a coffee for a long time. Yeah, and then people obviously people have gone like eight weeks, no caffeine, no nice coffee, nothing to do. And a customer came in because there's a queuing right down the hill down there, and we're just laughing because you can only when you look out the window, you can just literally see two or three people. And then he put a picture on social media, and they, they were queuing right down past changes down the road. Did and someone say chuckling. something about the, what's going on up there, up Church Street? Something to do with the Queen? Oh yeah, someone asked, "Is the Queen in town?" <laughs> <laughs> what are they all queuing for? And we had one guy, and, we, and he says, "Oh, this is what you do." He says, "I just saw this massive queue, and I was that bored. I just thought I'd just get in it and see where it goes." And he says, "I might as well have a coffee now, but front of it." <laughs> yeah, well, you see, you <laughs> so say about quite entertaining. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but you say about the Queen, but. You, you might just be king and queen of yeah. the brownie in our house because, as you know, I have um, a brownie aficionado in our house and he has brownies up and down the country and yours is definitely the best. And I think that is something as well that you've always done. All the brands, I mean, you make your own fabulous cakes and we'll come on to how you, in onto your um cake making business in a minute but you make these fabulous cakes you don't have too much choice but you have enough choice and and you virtually create a bit of a buzz around what's available I think and again is that deliberate that you don't always have the same thing on yeah well originally we weren't going to put the same thing on any week we're just going to make some things on like when we come in on Wednesday and Thursday do the baking for Friday and then sort of top up as we go along and we thought we'll have just make just something random but then there's certain things now that are like best sellers like the brownie and the flapjack so it'd be it'd be a bit crazy to take those off because they'll sell out every week and now katie's new millionaire slices you can't you can't make them fast enough but yeah trying to make more and more but it's just selling out quicker and quicker isn't it yeah yeah but yeah we just thought we'd do like two or three things the same every week and then we just we don't even know today what we're going to make on thursday for friday yet we'll just sort of decide tomorrow night or thursday morning see what ingredients we've got and put something together. Uh, So let's just go back a bit then. So I think you've got, and I know Anthony will back me on this, Anthony, our producer, because I think you've got the dream business of so many people here. Is it something that you always wanted, a fabulous coffee shop that is a hub of the community? Was that always a dream for you? We always laugh though, don't we? Because everybody, we get quite a few people coming 
oh, oh, I've always wanted a coffee shop. And I'm like, yes, it is good. Yeah, first question, but as soon as you ask them why, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the best thing, because we say, oh, well, you just buy coffee make coffee sell coffee it's not quite as simple as that you have to learn quite a lot first but no going back to the question we were doing the wedding cakes and a lot of people were getting married and saying oh where can i buy some of this cake after the wedding guests at the wedding were saying it's lovely okay. can i have a slice of cake and we said well you can only if you're getting married we'll make you a cake if you're not getting married then you can't have any cake basically <laughs> so we kept thinking there's a lot of people wanting the cake and we also were getting at that time, we were really getting into coffee and liking nice coffee, buying the coffee guide, going around. So wherever we were delivering cakes all over Yorkshire, so wherever we went, we'd find the best coffee shop, deliver the cake to the wedding and go and have a nice brew. And then We always sort... felt a bit let down, though, didn't we, by the cake? Yeah, we thought a lot of the cakes, like there's places like Leeds, Manchester, you can get amazing coffee, but at the time, a lot of them were all getting supplied by the same cake supplier. So wherever you went, you'd get different style of coffee and different places, but it was all, all the same products for sale. So we thought... But we sort of get it thought about. But then cause... we thought about the also the pricing. We go to Manchester, we'd be paying five pound for a slice of cake that was very average. Then we'd go somewhere else, and I said to Oliver, "I don't know why I bother eating this cake because it's <laughs> never as good as yours. It's always dry." And then I said to Oliver, "There's something missing here." And then we felt Huddersfield. There is quite a few coffee shops, but not. The ones that would do the coffee. Yeah, we want. Cake. I mean, from going around the coffee shop, especially in in the cities, we found in the cities you could get really good coffee, but you weren't getting a you weren't getting a, a vibe or a feel either. It were just people. It was just it was just a number. Like here's your nice yeah. coffee. Go away. Isn't it? So there's another person in the mm-hmm. queue behind you. We saw. We wanted to get the quality of the coffee and the good artisan cakes with that, but we wanted a bit of a, a community vibe as well. That's what we were aiming to create. And I think it's, uh, it's it's gone a bit to extreme now, hasn't it? Yeah. It has, is, and uh, you know, really I nice. mean, the one of the things that I always talk about for people when when they're, they're building a business or the business owners is that it's about building relationships, and actually, the product has to be good. There is no question. But what draws people in and what gets people out on a rainy day in lockdown to come for a walk and call in and see you is actually you two and the reception that you get and, and Melissa as well, the reception that you get and the warmth. And I just wonder, because I've known you, Oliver, certainly for a long time. We met networking when you first had the, the yeah, cake business. nine years ago yeah, when I set up absolutely. that. absolutely. Yeah. And you've always had that warmth about you, but... I just wonder if that is something that you do consciously or it's just you two being you two. We're just like people, really, especially, like, as you know, Katie, she'll sit and talk to anyone for hours and just... I think we felt, though, when away. we went to different coffee shops, city, different to village, town, different carry-on, isn't it? Yeah, And yeah, we felt that we were just a number sat there in these coffee shops. No one really took notice of us. And I said to Oliver, I know they haven't got time to say, oh... Where are you from? Where's this? But I like to know people's story. And people like to tell us things in this coffee shop, don't they? Yeah, I think we all we want. Like you had the idea, you said because people are wanting the cake and we've getting into his coffee, which we'll do with opening somewhere. And ideally, obviously, Honley was Kate was born and brought up in Honley, so she she thought it'd be nice here. And Honley sort of evolved a lot over the last ten years as like a nice place to be. And I think we were missing sort of a a little artisan coffee shop that could be like a little hub where people can pop along and have a coffee and a chat or sit. some people don't want to chat they just want to sit have a nice brew enjoy the cake look out the window I think maybe we've run the coffee shop earlier but money probably stopped mm. us the but it was never going back it. to the last question it was never really something we'd thought of until people were asking where can I get some cake okay. and then we sort of got into the 
the coffee scene and started really enjoying that. So we went into talks. So you went to school with one of the owners of Dartwoods. Ah, right, so we, okay. yeah. we started having a few talks with him and learning a bit more about it. Got a few ideas together, and then we just uh, then we had a little trip to America, didn't we? Which probably where the oh, name yeah. came from. Yeah, we need to. We thought we need to go and uh, do a bit of testing here. It was just an excuse to go. We had, <laughs> Research. Uh, yeah, I think we had fifty-two cakes in ten days in uh, New York, Washington, <laughs> and Philadelphia. We just uh, flew to New York for a couple of nights, tested all the coffee and cake there. Went to some of the roasteries, and I think it was maybe Washington that kind of did it for the name wasn't it yeah we went to a place in washington called baked and wired and there was literally the baked the bread the baked the cakes and sold the coffee and that, that was all they did and that was a beautiful little coffee shop and then shop. i think we were sat in there and i said to Olive, if we ever have a coffee shop i like that word wired but then i thought i'm not really sure what the actual word means but then when we got home i said to Olive, we need to look this word up in the dictionary and it actually means high on caffeine and sugar so i said to Oliver, that's kind of quite a good word yeah. for our business but what made me laugh when we first came up with it someone said i remember someone saying in the village let's go to that wired uh that elect when someone said what that electrical, electrical place. shop I'm like, no, it's wired. and then i know a lot of children call it weird don't yeah still now two years later people are like why did you call your coffee shop weird is that what they say yeah. i've not heard anyone say but i think the energy that you have in here also adds to that that name that wired it is that yeah. buzz that you've created and some people it? will stay and have three or four coffees and actually they'll, you can see them getting giddy and excitable when they leave like skipping up the cobbles well it's a bit of a standing joke i know but there are the odd time when I've come down with my laptop to work and an hour later I've left and the laptop hasn't been opened yeah. at all because you have and even I mean we're a small village so you see people that you know and there's that wonderful connection and for me during lockdown the thing that you know we're wearing masks we're not allowed to touch people so we've lost that connection and actually I, I think part of what your services what you're selling is that connection isn't it yeah i think way? the thing i liked most about lockdown is uh, the first lockdown was uh, when we went on to zoom and just turned the coffee shop onto zoom then when we were allowed to yeah, talk a bit about that because well, this was fabulous well we got uh, obviously we got shut down on the friday and we just thought right what can we do we thought we need some way of interacting with the customers we have a and customer doing it. And we, we have a customer who comes in adam and he's a bit of a he's like a tech expert and he just said, oh, have you heard of Zoom? I said, oh, I've heard of it. But obviously, not a lot of people have heard of it at the beginning of lockdown. Nobody really knew what it was. And now there's not many people that don't even know what Zoom is. <laughs> and he says, you, you need to put that idea on to Zoom. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do that. I'll, I'll look into it. And he's, he's kind of said, well, I've got an account, so I can set it all up for you. Again, give you a link. So we put the social media on out to the customers, set up his own uh Email address just for a, just for the coffee morning and sent that out and I think we, we did it every Saturday morning. Didn't yeah, we? I think the first on the first one did we get the roasters involved. Yeah, I think the first one we did we got Dartwoods came on involved, but just cheese supplier Bertie Cheesy came on and, and and got involved and people could fire questions at them about the coffee and about. And we had cheese. some rugby experts, didn't we? Yeah, we had uh, Rob Jones. He was an international, played for Wales. Played for Great Britain, uh, went to great coaching. He was more of like uh, telling us like how probably to help your mind and. Right, yeah. He had a friend came on as well of like nutrition. Yeah, and then we had Ed, Ed Clancy came on and did a talk about his uh, 
as well as well as all his, his winning ways and how he's how to keep focused about uh, how it was for him as well. Cause yeah, because Ed's local, isn't he? He's he uh, Umbridge, yeah. yeah. So at the time he was training for an Olympics that he knew wouldn't happen, but he still had his training routine and Great British Cycling had told him to keep training for it. So he's like, I'm, always, I'm training for this. Everyone said, how do you all know all these people? But we are friendly with but friends that, of friends. Yeah, but that's through, that's through <laughs> networking as well. Yeah, well, I was so. going to say, is it through networking? Because yeah. I know that's something... Uh, one of the challenges that I often find business owners, especially small business owners, will say, oh, well, networking isn't really for me because, you know, I might have a small shop or I might have a small bit, um, you know, a small, a small coffee shop, whatever yeah. it may be. But actually networking is what we're all doing all the time and I know people like Janet Bebb have yeah. helped supported you haven't they with the social media and I know you and Janet and the three of us all know each other from those networking yeah, yeah, events all those years ago. ago yeah. I think we've gone to a lot of networking and actually made a lot of friends through it we well, I think it's good networking. It's good not just business-wise. You meet friends in other businesses and they'll support you or you'll support them back. You're not actually doing it just for the networking. You're doing it because you want to help them and support them. And that, it's like a bit... We get people coming here who are a guy on Saturday say, oh, can you recommend that I need some fitted wardrobes? Do you know a, a joiner? And they're like, yeah, there's one comes in here. He's really good. He's just done... He'd actually just done a job for Janet. And I'm like, yeah, like, pass me his number. So we're always networking in here as well. And I think... To be honest, we start. We did networking right from your first business, really, didn't we? Straight away. Yeah, yeah, from um, yeah, right at the beginning, because I think it's you got to get your name out there, aren't you? And the more people you meet, in I like meeting people in person, having a bit of chat, a bit of banter, and uh, just talking to people. I find as well the funny thing you do get some people who like might be work for big business owners, or they are really good businessmen, and we just think oh, you've got got a small little business. I'm not speaking to you. We did but then you think, so, Well, I, I could have helped you out actually because I know some people who you're Absolutely. looking to get work off. And you remember just... once that someone did say to us, "I don't know why you're here." Yeah. And I went, yeah. "Why? What do you mean?" And they said, "Well, uh, you're just doing cakes." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, but I don't know whether you have a daughter, son who's going to get married, or..." And I think I said to Oliver. You might look at some of the businesses at the networking and they might not be what you would use, but someone probably would always have a coffee and a cake. So Absolutely. And you never know who knows no. who, do you? This is what I always say to clients. You know, you go in there and you build connections. And then I had it exactly that last, last night. Um, it's the Huddersfield Literature Festival that I help train volunteers each year. And uh, Michelle, who's the director, got in touch last night and said, do you know somebody who could help me with COVID safety training? Yeah. And I knew somebody within the village. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'll put you in touch. And, and it is, it's that network that you build and it, it's connecting people. So let's just go back. So how did you, so did you learn, well, I know the answer to this, but you didn't learn cake baking at school. So how did you get on this career path? I did a bit. I did a bit of uh, baking at school. I did like home economics. I okay. think there was only two me and one other lad in the class. I think we both said though, the other night it. that actually, the time that we both had at school was probably not that good, really, was it? Education wise, really. Uh, the thing is, at school, I, if I'm not interested in something, and I just don't pay attention, which yeah. is like that's why I'm like now. I love cake and I love coffee, so I will give it my full attention. But if there's something that, mm. if somebody said you need to learn this, if I had no interest in that product and I knew I didn't need to learn it, I just wouldn't bother. And I think, I, I think when I were younger, I were, I were more like that. I think we've both probably uh, got on better career wise as we've got older. When we look but back. yeah, like, I've always liked sort of baking at home and just eating cake and eating nice things and just generally cooking. So it was, it started a bit 10 years ago and I got, I got diagnosed with ME and uh, I was getting sort of weaker and weaker and I couldn't carry on with my current job. So 
I started uh, just baking more as a hobby. And then eventually I lost my job and I was at home and someone says, oh, will you make me a cake? So I just made them a cake and be like, oh, here's 20 quid. I'm like, oh, I don't want so it. So was it virtually a kind of therapy for you in some ways? Yeah, it was just of... something I could do. I enjoyed doing it. It passed a bit of time as well because yeah. I weren't able to work at the time and I was sort of just doing it to sort of get up, keep me focused and do something. And someone says, will you make me a cake? And then they bought it off me. And they, they said, oh, my friend wants one as well. And then they said, I'll give you 20 quid for it or whatever it was. And I thought, oh, I quite like it. So I enrolled on a night class at Kirklees College to learn how to decorate cakes. just For fun? Yeah, was same that, again, yeah, just as a hobby. Yeah. I just thought, oh, if I could learn how to decorate this and make it look nice. It's, I like. I'll say, I always like to be learning something. I think you've always been quite a good cook at home, haven't you, for making teas? Yeah. So Who I, does the cooking at home? Oliver. You do sometimes, don't you? I'm probably you wash never, a cheap yeah. washer up. I'm probably never been that bothered. She just tells me I what I need to cook. Make more, really. I've never really been that bothered no. for it. Have I? You, you always did it. But well, yeah, I did. So I did ten weeks at night school for like two hours, and then I just sort of practiced a bit and got into it, and bought a few tools and gadgets, and then I started selling a few more birthday cakes. And then I saw a course advertised. Later on, it was uh, one day a week for a year, going on like an intense sugarcraft course, learning all the skills to be like do it professionally. And I thought oh, I'm going to just uh, book on that and give it a go. What about when you turned up though, on the course? Oh no, that was my sugar flower oh. course. Yeah, so I, I went, and I did make. I was doing that one for a year, and then I booked on a specialist sugar flower course. And I walked into the the classroom at this college, and the lady says, "I'm I'm sorry, sir. I think you've got the wrong classroom." Really? So, so I just shouted well, out in my broad Yorkshire accent, "Oh, do you not make sugar flowers here, love?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the assumptions people make on first yeah. impressions. I mean, isn't that interesting? It's been, I mean, on your course, uh, John, uh, he's like an ex policeman, he was on the course with you, but there's only you. Oh, yeah, that was the, uh, the and I think it's more of a lady, the, the one year course. The flower yeah. engine, I know there's more men now, but it was quite a lot of. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you look at the the high profile chefs, yeah, there's a lot of men, isn't it? Well, we've just had this because, um, my son Oscar's just taken as an option um home they don't call it home economics anymore he always says it's not called that mum home tech yeah. i think it is and when he took the option i thought mm, i bet he's not thought about this but i bet there won't be many boys and i think there's only three of them in the group yeah. now that are doing it but he, he knocked up a swiss roll last week i don't think it was quite your standards yeah. but i think it'd be a lot more interesting isn't it well now if you could do it as sort of at school because of all the new uh, like the molecular gastronomy and all the science behind oh, it and wow. the, the special machineries and stuff that you like some of the restaurants now you probably need a quarter of a million quid to set up the kitchen with all the gadgets that they have in there mm. and the money mm. it costs it'd be sort of it'd be a lot more exciting i think to to study it nowadays <laughs> So, so you're there. So what made you think, right, I can make a business out of this? Did you consciously say, right, I'm going to set up Oliver James Sugarcraft or did it sort of Well, evolve? I think at the time I was, I was selling a few cakes just to get some money because I'd lost my job. I was at home with no income whatsoever. And then I thought, well, if I start, obviously the bigger and the better the cakes, the more money you can get from. So I can uh, I can do it as a business and I enjoy it as well. So I think I can't remember about eight nine years ago i did my first ever i just said like, who wants a wedding cake and I, I did a couple for friends and then their friends obviously liked it so it just starts when i got into the uh social bank i went on one of janet's first ever co- first three courses i think i did a i did a face i think it was a facebook and twitter and she did a linkedin course and she did another one so I, there was like three over the space of three weeks mm-hmm. at different places and i went on all those and got chatting to janet so sort i of how to get my name out there and then 
Then we got the hygiene, didn't you, at home? Yeah, I had to get the house registered for we had it. With, to with change the, a few with, things, with didn't food, we? Yeah, the food hygiene. Once you've committed to yeah. it, yeah. then, then kind you... Of, yeah. Because they say you want separate sinks, we had to get a dishwasher, didn't we, and yeah. just change a few things. And we don't really have a big house, do we, really? And then I think, as time went on, I said to her, this is getting out of hand now, because... <laughs> Did you was, wonder what yeah. you created? <laughs> Did you feel like you created something there? The thing was, we only had a living kitchen, didn't we? Kitchen, living room. And then we started to do Honley Show, Emily Show to get your name out, didn't we? And the thing is, I said to her, but we can't carry on much longer like this because it was taking over the house, wasn't it? Then we thought about moving house, but we didn't really have the finances to do that. This is when I said to him, you need to look for somewhere. Yeah, and ideally we were looking to sort of move house to have a house with either a garage on the side or a little sort of porch on that we could turn into a, a, a cakey but we couldn't uh, because you you were self-employed weren't you and I, I was obviously self-employed doing the cakes but not getting much money at the time so yeah. they wouldn't lend us anything so I said well, I was going to have to go for it and rent somewhere and we looked around and found the, uh, the premises in Denbydale were ideal so, so then you've got to realise that you've got to upscale then because you've got all your overheads, so you need to start Absolutely. doing... Absolutely. That's the benefit of social media. Again, you just need to get out there and tell people that I'm doing more, I'm doing bigger things, better things, and so on the wedding, the word. So on the wedding cakes then, did you make a conscious effort to go for that top end? Because, again, this is something that I often hear people talking about, that they're worried about you know, their price point and yeah. where they should be putting themselves. And, and you can't be everything to everybody, can you? So if you're creating fabulous cakes, you're aiming at a certain market. Yeah, we aim to be sort of middle sort of middle ground. We didn't want to do cheap and cheerful cakes that we were no profit in and we didn't want to be doing some of the super huge, glamorous ones where you need a full team of people helping you because that would just be the stress would finish you off, I think, with that as well as the... Uh, <laughs> and I think it was hard, it. wasn't it? Because in some places... Yes, you had to get the, your name into there to get in. We tried to get in quite a few different places and it took a while, didn't it? And I think a lot of it was word of mouth for you. But I think we did quite a lot of wedding fairs. Sometimes you'd get nothing from them, to be honest, did you? And then other times you'd get quite a few work. But then I think after a while it did become word of mouth, really, didn't it? Friends. Yeah, initially friends. it's hard work getting out there because if there's wedding cake suppliers, they might be recommended by venues. So as long yeah. as they're still trading, they're, they're still uh, they're getting recommended. But yeah, I suppose you have to collaborate yeah. like that, yeah, don't you? Because got... I know you're good friends with John Steele, who does yeah. a lot of wedding photography. Yeah. But if you can get those relationships again, it comes back to that connection. Yeah, so yeah, it? eventually you meet people like John and you meet other people and then you sort of get a like and a whole new network as well. You've got so you've got like a business network and then your wedding network and they'll say, Oh yeah, Oliver's good for cakes and you'll say John's good for photography or there's this makeup artist. Yeah. And you just have a whole team of people you sort of become friends with as well. And I think you find it's one of those jobs though. It's not a long term job, is it? Because of it's quite uh stressful. It job. can be but it's quite in I mean on my busiest year I did fifty six weddings. And wow. I'll have done 40 of those probably in a three and a half months space in the summer. So it's just you're literally doing 100, 120 hours a week in the summer just because that's when you make your money in that form. Yeah. You've got like a four-month window and the rest of the year you're doing a little bit here and there. And then so I think how, with your health, though... I was just about uh, to say, so how yeah, does that impact on your health, health? as well? Yeah, I did have one week where I was just absolutely burnt out and I couldn't even move with me. So I had to last minute phone up my friend and say oh, I need a favour what I've got I need you to finish me this cake and look, luckily he bombed over and helped me out with it didn't he so that's one of the other reasons why I thought we need to sort of just calm it down a little bit and maybe do something different 
So is that where Wyatt started? Yeah, to, you, the you'd idea had the thing. idea. I said, you, Katie had her own cleaning business for 20 years and she says, I'm getting a bit bored of it now, a bit repetitive. I fancy doing something different because she didn't get to speak to a lot of people and, as you know, she likes a I think good, I'm a people a good natter. person. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the trouble is with me, I said to Oliver, I did go to college for three years to do art and design and we did go travelling for a while, didn't we, for a year. And I think, I said to Oliver, I don't really know. I think I just got into the cleaning thing by accident we came back from traveling for a year and then i said to oliver i'm just going to do a few cleaning jobs and then it obviously expired into a business that went on for 20 years and i said to oliver i think it's not me anymore i think i am a people person and i think i want to change and then i think when we decided i said to Oliver, i think we want to open a coffee shop so we started looking and and to be honest with me being brought up in homley and like my grandparents lived here, I said to her that I'd like it in Homley, but there was not really many properties coming no, up. No, it was tough to find anywhere, really, especially at a, a, an affordable price. And then we were lucky one day to think, oh, what, somebody will come in the book. I said, it used to be the bookies before, so someone came in and said, it just, it just says on the chalkboard, we're closing in three months, come and get your money if we owe you any. <laughs> so they didn't even put a sign up saying that they were outside saying they were closing or it were up for rent. So we literally just contacted uh, Jack Pearson's head office and just said to him, what's that? what's happening with a property in Onley. We said, oh, it's going to be coming up for rent. So we, we, we came and had a look around. We kind of we? had to make a decision pretty quickly. Yeah, we had a look around. He said a, a couple of other people have had a look around. So we, we thought, thought about it, came back, had a measure up and says, yeah, let's just go for it. We didn't even really have time to put a plan together for this place because <laughs> it was going that quick. But we thought it's sort of the ideal location and the ideal village we want it to be in. And I think well, the, just, the thing was it, was, it was, the building was how it was, wasn't it? So we yeah, like, yeah, well, I messed when we took over, yeah. So it was like we got the keys in June, I think, at the end of June. And then it took us till December because obviously I had to finish this wedding season as well mm-hmm. and the noticing for the last premises and get this place ready to be sort of clean and fresh. Because like even the tiles up there were yellow because I think yeah. it's still smoked in here. And, uh, and to be honest, we, we was very lucky because we have a lot of friends that helped us. Yeah, a lot of friends in building trade like plumbers, electricians, joinery. So you're like, yeah, come in, do some work, I'll make some cake, feed you. And, uh, <laughs> that sounds a good yeah. swap to well, me. Once it's up and running and we're making some money, I'll, uh, I'll pay you back then sort of thing. And they were like, they're all like, yeah, just do whatever we can, come and help you and, and get the place we, up and running. A lot of the stuff we did, like, we started a business with a lot, not a lot of money, really. A lot of the things, like, you bought on eBay, didn't well, you? Well, it's been shrewd, isn't it, as we well? We tried not to yeah. borrow, we haven't borrowed any money and we tried to save up ourselves. Because you can buy all the fancy gadgets, but they, they just cost a lot of money. But if you look around, like, I went to uh, take, take advantage of other businesses that have been unfortunate and gone bust, like the fridge there. I went to auction, I got that for £60. It was, I think it was a month old. The fridge that we had to switch yeah, off because yeah, it was too noisy yeah, at the beginning yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> but if I, if I go to one of my suppliers and buy that, they're 1200 quid plus VAT new, yeah. and you know, like just the money you can save. Like the coffee machine, would, I think that was six months old when I got that, and I saved four and a half grand on it just by looking around and being shrewd, buying my stuff. But you see, this goes back to the maybe people that are out there that go out and they spend all that money on those fabulous new, yeah, is, yeah. but they haven't got the essence of what you have here. And if you were, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but say you had somebody came in and said, right, we want to buy the business off you, or you decided to get somebody to run it, would you be able to write down what it is that you've created here? Because it is something very special that goes beyond fabulous coffee yeah. and cake. We spoke about this before because we said that if people say you need to move to bigger premises, but if you move to bigger premises... 
you're getting a bigger place and you wouldn't be as available to talk to the customers and ideally we wanted somewhere small where we could be there all the time interacting having a chat because then it's not but we both said haven't we we are always going to be here every friday saturday sunday obviously melissa works for us she will be here but we don't want anyone else running it because we feel that we've looked at other people's businesses and sometimes it's not always the same when the, the owners are not yeah, there. and it only takes one yeah. one bad interaction, doesn't it? And then somebody doesn't come back. Because you... we always laugh to ourselves because people always say, well, uh, what do you do in the week? <laughs> uh, well, Make your cakes. <laughs> it does take quite a bit but of yeah, time. As well, as well, we wanted it to be sort of as well as it, where people come because we like people, so it's part of our lifestyle as well. It's not... It's not a job as such where you have to get up, go to work, and then you switch off and you finish. You literally you get home, and as soon as you get home, you, your light bulb pings, and you're like, I've just had another idea for a cake. You scribble it down, and then you come in one day and have a practice, and then think, Oh, that's not very nice. I'll have another idea. Um, we, um, so it's all it's part of his life, really, because we love coffee, we love cake, and we love people. So it's just if we have we, said that we, we do realise it is quite a small area, isn't it? And because of the COVID situation, we lost a lot of seating, didn't we? Yeah. And obviously now with the takeout, it doesn't really matter about the inside, but the only thing is the space inside the place, isn't it? It is small. And we have thought about that, but we like it small, but it's surviving of the smallness. Yeah, it's, it's getting that balance, isn't but yeah, it? Yeah, we once thought, I mean, with no intention of selling the place because we'll stay here as long as we can. We love it, but then we thought, yeah, but we've... So I've, I've, a lot of people are coming now, but our friends as well, and they'll sit and chat. And some people will yeah. come at the end of the day when we're closing, and they can still be sat there at half four, five o'clock, just having a good old chat. So if I as a business to sell on, I don't know if that's worth anything because the customers they want you, might the come, might to come you. for a bit of banter. And often it lasts not the summer this year, but the last summer. We would often finish work on a Sunday and it'd be like wired and just gone to the pub because half of the customers would say, what time are you getting cleaned up? We'll meet you for a pint. There'd be seven or eight of us customers sat in pub waiting for us and we'd, we'd have a few beers after work as well. So it's, it is, it's not, obviously you've got to pay your bills, but it is uh, and I think it's since, a lifestyle as well. Since lockdown, though, before that, people was meeting in here. Like, I'll see you next week at the same time, weren't they, on a Saturday morning? Yeah, and that's one of the things I like best about it. There's people who never knew one another before and they've seen one another like might be somebody who always sits there, somebody that always comes and sits yeah. here, and they give them a wave and I and like nod of acknowledgement. And then after that, they were physically like messaging one another or WhatsApping, what time we're going to Wired, and they'd come in and now they're friends. Yeah. And that's really nice as well, isn't it? But you've been a real um, showcase as well for. So you've talked about Dark Woods, the fabulous local coffee brand. But you, I know when you were looking at ice cream and conversations that I've had with you that you've been very specific about the um, products that you've brought in. So how, how have you gone about that, deciding who to bring in? I think and... we always want to try the product, don't we, always? Yeah, because a lot politics. of people say you should buy local. And we always Everything we can buy local if it's good. But there's also stuff that's local that's okay, which we want, obviously, if you can get better slightly further afield, we'll go slightly further afield, but we'll have to say the coffee beans from between Slough and Mars, then the... Uh, Ice cream's from York, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, from, from just outside York, that's what I said. We well, try and get everything within Yorkshire where we can, don't we, yeah? They set the peanut butters there from the Whittle, so a bit <laughs> further afield, but there were a couple of chaps who just decided to set up a peanut butter company a few years ago, and they've sort of expanded and expanded. The tea's from Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, Salford. Company. And I think we we kind of looked at what other coffee shops was doing to try to get different products than what the others had. Yeah. I know a lot of people use Dartwoods 
around Huddersfield, but we felt like a lot of that as well. Because we go to uh, you get invited to like uh, hospitality food shows. We have one at the NEC and uh, and how to get every year, and you get an invite as a hospitality business owner, and you can go and everyone's there showcasing their products. So we sort of from all over the UK really but you'll have a look who's local to us and have a little test and ask them to send some samples and if you like it you'll even if it's not something you thought of having in the shop you think oh they're nice people and they've got something nice we'll stick it in the shop and see if we can sell it for them like we went to Manchester to test the tea didn't we yeah we met the tea I looked around for different tea companies and they were sort of one of the nearest who's whose brand we liked and they're like yeah come over and we have like a little like a training school and you go in and you sip all the teas we show you how to make the tea properly so it becomes a ritual then doesn't yeah, it yeah. it's so much more than just a cup of tea that there's, yeah, there's love in we, the way that we didn't you realize it. there's a certain way to make the tea without ruining it yeah so, so go on how do you make the perfect cup of tea then it's about the temperature isn't it that goes into it yeah i mean a lot of them they come with a, they, we haven't got any but they used to come with a little postcard and it has on the instructions because like great a lot of people go oh i hate green tea because it's really bitter but it's only bitter because they pour the water on it too hot and don't steep it for long enough and all the teas have slightly different sort of recipes it's like the coffee really different coffees have different amount of coffee to water ratios different water temperatures to get the best flavor out of them and I think you've got to have a passion for everything you're doing. Like if you don't like the coffee, then there's, I don't, there's, there are people who probably don't even drink coffee. That Well, I know there is somebody in Huddersfield who, who can't even drink coffee and they've got a coffee shop. I'm really? Thinking, but how do, you, how do you test your products if you can't yeah, physically? Yeah. I love that, that you say that, and I think that comes across in everything you do, that you have to have a passion for what you do. And I know I've been yeah. in here before when perhaps somebody said, oh, I'm, I'm, not, you know, I, I'm not sure about that coffee because it's not to their taste. Yeah. But you'll go... You'll go to the nth degree to explain to them and, and share. Yeah, and, I'll and just try and explain to them why it might not yeah. be to their taste. We'll say, well, we can offer you this option or that option, or if you want to try a different blend, we can make you one on filter. And, just, just make, and some people just say, oh, this coffee really is too strong, so we'll give them a single shot. And It's just a case of like some place, like I said, again, going back to in the cities, if you like to give you a coffee and you'll say, I don't like this, it's too strong, they'll just say, well, they'll just say, well go somewhere else then. Whereas mm-hmm. we're like, we want you to come back and enjoy yourself and meet everyone here so just have a single shot one just remind me next time you come in what you want to drink but it's like the chocolate isn't it we try to use very good quality chocolate yeah well that's again back to the cake and the food we just keep it very simple but use really good quality ingredients so just let the ingredients do the talking really you see, this is another thing that I, I, I talk about having clarity, and, and you have absolute clarity. There's no, there's no messing about what you do. Yeah, it's coffee and cake, a yeah. cup of tea. But um, you know, it is so clear, and people know that. And and I've been in here and seen people that are from the other side of Huddersfield, maybe out towards Wakefield that I know from work, and I said, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, well, we'd heard about it because that word of mouth is absolutely spot on. They know exactly what they're going to get. Well, we're laughing the other week there was a, a camper van a big camper van pulled up outside and I, I got talking to the lady I said oh have you been anywhere nice she said oh I've been to the top of Scotland and I said oh you're on your way home now then do you live local she goes I think you live down in Suffolk or somewhere she goes no I literally just went on Google and looked like where's the best coffee and I'm like so you've driven from the top of Scotland you're going to Suffolk and you've ended up in Honley yeah. and I'm just like that's just weird uh, but you are in the <laughs> or uh, wired whichever way you want to spell it you are in the independent uh, coffee guide aren't you with a, yeah. a resplendent photograph as well so so just to finish off because I could talk to you all day and that's why I get no work done when I come <laughs> here but um, so what's what would be your choice to each of you what would be your cup of coffee and what would be your cake of choice you want to i think that, i like me? a flat white 
But I am quite a bit of a savoury person, really. But Are you um, peanut butter and toast then? I think I'm I quite we don't make you, but I quite like more like big cheesecakey style. Yeah. And um I'm not a big sponge fan really, but I you prefer like the cheese, don't I'm you? A bit cheese and crackers. Crackers style, but I think the trouble is you try not to eat a lot of it all the time. I was going time. to ask you that before because you're both very slim well, and I've got to be careful, haven't you? Because it's soon. I, I think, I mean, I, like, I love it. I like a nice flat white or sometimes. You're a uh, biscuit man. Yeah, the filter coffees because the filter coffees are like, I think I mentioned before, they're like wine, so different regions, different areas, and altitudes are all totally different flavours, so. You could literally try 10 different coffees next week that you'd never tried in your life, and I think that's really interesting. You educated me on that, actually, because I always thought filter coffee was sort of, oh, lower grade, and no, I, I didn't think years realize... ago it was just people just got some old beans and chucked them in a filter machine, whereas now we make them all one by one fresh, so it's freshly ground and freshly mm. roasted, and uh, that's a good thing working with a local roaster as well, because... The, the coffee's ideal when it's about two to three weeks old, so you can literally, we'll order it. This coffee will be getting roasted yesterday or today for delivery tomorrow. Wow. And then we'll have a two-week backlog under the counter, so that goes at the end of the pile. I don't with think the, there's many with the date that, on, that? And then we just keep sort of moving it around, which is uh, lockdown caused us a problem with that because we had to sell off all this coffee to get rid of it while it were fresh. And then when we reopened, we had to obviously, they'd reopened to order it all, and it can be too fresh, it can taste... It can taste quite horrible if it's too fresh. There's not wow. many people use the blend we use, is there? No, the Arboretum, no, it's not. I think because it is so flavoursome, a lot of people don't associate it as being, like I said, people that go to the, the mainstream coffee shops don't associate it with the same sort of uh, taste. He did say, though, it's going to be a bit richer, is it, for the as the next month? Yeah, because it's, it's a blend and they struggle to get this. We can't get the same beans all year round. It does change as well. And okay. a lot of customers go, oh, your coffee's tasting nice this week. Have you, have you changed how you make it? I'm like, no, it's been able to recipe from the from the roasters. that they, they always send me a message saying, just to let you know, your your recipe will be a little different this week. It'll be slightly different. They send me a list of what blends and what country they're putting into it and just tell me why to keep us updated as well. I just absolutely. So I've I've loved talking to you this morning. But the thing that comes across to me is about both of you is your absolute passion. But just the attention to detail behind everything that you do. That it's just such a it's such an education talking to you. But I mean, you know how much I love my coffee. Yeah. And an education talking to you, but. I suppose it's it's a little thank you for me because you've been a lifeline for the Ogden household during uh, the pandemic in that you have been just that smile when you approach the door, whether it's to be able to come in or to take away. Um, you've certainly kept us going with coffee and brownies, so thank That's you nice so much. Enough. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> hope you've enjoyed today's conversation and I'd love you to join in the conversation as well. The best way to do that is through social media and I can be found at Instagram and Twitter at DO underscore impact. If you'd like to sign up for my newsletter or learn more about my monthly membership, the Impact Club, please visit the website at deborahogden.com. enjoyed this episode of on brand with i would so appreciate it if you would rate review and subscribe it helps other people know we exist thanks for tuning in and i'll see you on the next episode thanks for listening to on brand with 
It was hosted by Deborah Ogden and produced by me, Anthony Short. This has been an A Short Stories production. Thank you.